What's up, everybody? It's Patrick Conway down here in San Antonio. Talking about a super important topic today that I struggle with all of the time because I just find myself being sucked in by some of these time wasters. And before I know it, the day is gone and I haven't prospected and I'm not doing what I should be doing and I'm doom and gloom and it's just tough. So what I want to do is make sure this is really, really interactive. There's a whole bunch of you watching me, but I cannot see y'all. But what you can do to interact with me is ask a question at any time. So on the middle right-hand side, you'll see something that says Q&A. So that's the important thing on how you're going to communicate with me. So the Q&A on the middle right-hand side is the button that we're looking for. We're not looking for the chat one. So in the middle icon that says Q&A, when I'm talking about all of these topics and a question pops in your head, type in that Q&A what your question is. Because as we go through my outline of what I'm talking about, I'll periodically stop. And the lovely Katie, who's on our call, she's kind of our concierge that's taking care of us today. She'll be reading the questions, and I'll be able to answer them one at a time. So for you guys to interact and get the most out of this, I want lots and lots of questions going on. So, again, it's the Q&A, not the chat. The Q&A is on the right-hand side, middle icon. So my daughter is four and a half years old. If you know anything about me, we have, like, crazy, crazy story about in vitro and possibly not having kids. And we went through, like, a three-year journey of – Ah, just probably the biggest struggle of my life. And I'm so glad my wife's so strong to go through all of this stuff because we had to go through surgeries and needles and an unruly amount of money I don't even want to tell you. Um, So thank God I had the core in my life to teach me how to sell a bunch of houses so I could make enough money to pay for all this stuff. I'll tell you the number. It was $232,000 out of pocket for me to have kids, but I'm blessed with three of them. So I have twin boys. They're 22 months old, and I have a daughter who's four and a half. So me and my wife have been in this big debate, and the big debate is I'm a uh, public school product, and my wife is a private school product. So she's starting to go to kindergarten, so she's going to go to a pre-K program, and we're debating on putting her in public school or private school. So big debate in my household. So we go through, we find the school, and, of course, happy wife, happy life, so my wife wins, so she's going to private school. So we're putting her into this pre-K program called SACS. Really awesome school. I'm very happy with it, but we had to go through, like, the admissions process and interviews and all of this stuff. So now I have all these extra things on my calendar. So there was an ice cream social last week for her to socialize with her friends. There was a day that she can go pick out uh, uniforms and all these things because it's a, a uniform classroom. So we go there for uniforms, and there's just lots of stuff going on. So last week in my calendar I had uh, the uniform day. I had the ice cream social day. Uh I still have some knucklehead friends out there, and uh, one of my friends got caught running with the wrong people and found himself, unfortunately, in jail. So I took time out of my day to go over there and help him out. Um, kind of a bad deal. I think he got the raw end of it, so I'm always willing to help, and I'm always willing to give somebody a second chance, so I helped him out on this day. Uh, it was also my stepfather's birthday last week, so I wanted to make sure to give him a really cool present. He's really, really influential in my life. I got some really good mentors Rick's one of my top mentors, my stepdad. I talk to him every single day, so he's really important to me. So I did a bunch of research to find out what kind of gift I could give him. And I did all these things online, and I found out that uh, there's an exotic rental car company in San Antonio, and I rented him an Audi R8 for his birthday. Got to go pick it up, logistically figure out all this stuff. So if you look at my, my week last week, all these things, a couple of these things happened on one day. 
So I'm doing the exotic car rental search. I'm going to the uniform thing. I do the ice cream social thing. My buddy needs somebody to help him out. Doesn't really have family that can bail him out of the jail. So I do that. And before I know, the day's gone and I did nothing. I did nothing in terms of what I should be doing every single day when I go to work. So luckily, everyone gets into real estate for freedom, money. The more freedom you take, the less money you have. So I like delegation. I like time blocking. And I want to make sure that I know my two most important jobs every single day. My mistake last week was that I didn't focus on my two most important jobs. Last week, I could have accomplished all those things and still did my two most important jobs. So for you listed on this call, the two most important jobs for a realtor, number one is lead generate. Your number one job every single day is lead generate. The number two job, lead convert. So right now for me, you got two jobs when it comes to time blocking, making sure that you're not wasting your time. The two main focuses are lead generate and lead convert. If you can ever get to a place where your sole job, every time you're going to the office and you're working eight hours a day, every bit of those eight hours to lead generate or lead convert, you're making way over than a million dollars. Just ridiculous amount of money. The problem is, even for me, I go through the average day and a lot of times I forget what my two main jobs are. So if you could take anything from the class, the number one job, lead generate. The number two job is lead convert. In our language, we call this gold, uh, green time, green time. So when we're trying to build what our week should look like or what our day should look like, I like a time block calendar. If you get with your concierge, you can ask them to send you the perfect work week at a glance. The perfect work week at a glance. Rita was talking about this on our webinar yesterday, if you were on the webinar, but basically it's time blocking of what you have to do. So our main job is green time. That's lead generating, lead converting. So we want lots of green time on our uh, daily time block or weekly time block, perfect week at a glance. So when we're building this and we're trying to figure out the time block, I want to make sure that we start with green time because green time is most important. The next thing that we have is red time. Red time would be things that we have to do, but they're not money-making activities, hence they're not green. If you're a sole practitioner, which I know there's a lot of people that are a team of one on the call, you have to do certain things. There's certain things you have to do. You have to figure out how to get the earnest money and option money. You have to make sure title opens up. You have to make sure that you're answering the emails on a timely response. You have to make sure you're negotiating repair. Uh, you have to make sure there's a lockbox on your property and that it works correctly. There's a lot of things that we have to do that's red time that's necessary to get something to closing. So we have to do it, but what we want to do is be super, super efficient with that red time, get in, get it done, and get out. The next thing is blue time. Blue time is very, very important, and I come across a lot of members of the core that forget about blue time. We're always working in the business, grinding it out, going to the next thing, and sometimes we don't have any time to work on our business to really improve certain things. So when you're on a coaching call or you're on an open line call and you hear something just wonderful, how do you implement that into your business? Where's the time that you're actually going to take to figure out how to structurally get that implemented into your business and stick with it? So that's where blue time comes into play. Two things that most people forget about when we're doing a perfect time blocked week at a glance is white time and gold time. Something that's super, super important is white time. 
I don't like lots of wait time. If you have lots of wait time, that means nothing's there. That means you're not prospecting, you're not doing anything. That means stuff is not scheduled and you're sitting there surfing the web or twiddling your thumbs. But when you're very busy, I think wait time is super, super important because as realtors, we have fires to put out. We have small little things that feel like emergencies that might take some of our time. So periodically throughout every single day, I have three 15-minute increments where it's just white time. I'm to decompress, walk around the office, relax for a second, return an important phone call that I could not uh, account for, uh, put out the fire that I need. So white time is very important, but too much white time is bad. So we want lots of green time, little bit of white time. The reason that we work, most people get into business for money, freedom, I love people. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm pretty passionate about what I do. I love coaching, love real estate, love the kind of money you can make. I'm so passionate. I literally don't think without the core I wouldn't have kids because I don't think anyone would have taught me how to make the kind of money that was necessary for me to pay all these doctors for us to have kids. So I'm very passionate about it. But I could also sit there and list about 100 things that I'd rather do than go to work for the day. So I'd rather hang out with my kids. I'd rather go pick out the uniform with my daughter. I'd rather go to the ice cream place. I'd rather help my buddy when he's in time of need. There's a lot of things that I would rather do. So while I'm at work, I want to make sure that I'm grinding it out and doing the right things to allow me the time to do the things that I really love, which would be gold time. Too far, often, we don't focus on our gold time, and gold time is super important. Those are the things that really mean something. People get into real estate for freedom, and what that looks like to me is that you can actually go to the birthday party, or you can actually see your kid play the sporting game, or you can actually go to a concert that you want to do, or you can actually go kick out and have uh, lunch at school when it's daddy-daughter lunch day. Like These are things that are really, really awesome as long as they're time-blocked in my calendar. So when I start my week and I'm looking at the perfect week at a glance, I always start with gold time and the things that I want to do. The next thing, I work in all of the green time. The most important thing is lead generating and lead converting, so I want that time in there. At minimum, that looks like a power hour, which I'm going to get to in a second. From there, I put in all the red time, all of the return emails, working on files, uh, updates, making sure lenders and title companies are aware of what's going on, and they're just the communications there. So these are the things that are very important that are red time that I time block. And the last thing is I always have a little bit of time for that blue time. So I'm working on my business and not in my business. So, so far, we got our two main jobs. Lead generate, lead convert as much as possible. Then we know what a perfect time block week looks like based on the color-coded schemes. So when you're talking about your schedule, uh, one thing that I want to challenge everybody to do is get with your concierge and ask for the time study. When you get this time study, it basically starts at 6 a.m. and ends at 9 or 10 p.m., and it's a one-page legal document with 15-minute time increments. And there is a space where you can write what you are doing for that 15-minute time increment from 7 a.m. all the way up until about 10 p.m. What's amazing is when we're talking about time wasters and doing the right thing and making sure you're capitalizing and getting more done in less time, when I first did this time study, I looked at it as almost I wasn't taking it too serious. Second time I did, I took it very, very serious. And as I wrote what I was doing, I realized that I thought I was prospecting five or six, sometimes seven hours a day. And I really realized that was probably a true two or three hours of prospecting time. So there was only two or three time, two or three hours out of the day where I was really focused on that green time. So it puts 
what you're actually doing for your time in perspective. So I challenge every single person to pick up that time study, print out five copies of it, put Monday through Friday on the top, and write down what you're doing for each one of those 15-minute increment activities. There's another column that will allow you to put, was that a green time activity, a red time activity, a gold time activity, or a blue time activity? So you can see where you're spending most of your time. It's really, really eye-opening. So uh, a couple of things with your calendar and scheduling and time blocking. As I told you, our two main jobs are prospecting, lead generating, lead converting. What that means to me, the simplest form of this would be a power hour. So in the core, we have theme days on who we are calling for a power hour. So on Mondays, we're calling all of our VIPs, super influential connectors, people that refer us lots of business. These are the really important people in our life. We're calling them on Mondays. On Tuesdays, we call every single one of our current clients. So I call all the listings that are on the market, all the listings that are under contract, all the buyers in the car, all the buyers that are under contract. So I'm calling all of the current clients. On Wednesdays, around here in the core, we keep track of every single lead. On Wednesdays, I pull up all those lead trackers, and I'm calling every single lead. If it's a buyer, if it's a seller, I'm trying to get face-to-face with them. That's the intent of Wednesday, lead tracker day. Thursdays, we're calling our database and our top 50 favorite past clients. So we're calling all the past clients to make sure that we stay in touch with them. And on Fridays, we're cold calling for new business. I actually use a target list, so anybody that I roughly get introduced to or somebody that I meet at a networking event, I'll put them on a target list. So mine becomes a little bit more of a warm call than just a straight cold call. So on Fridays, I'm calling for new business partners, new builders, uh, potential VIPs is what I'm calling for on Friday. So that's the theme days. So I start in my time block calendar, making sure that without fail, at a minimum, I need to make sure I'm lead generating and lead converting. The simplest, most basic form to do that is your power hour every single day, Monday through Friday. So if you can stick to that plan, your business will explode, I promise you for sure. So I'm going into a lot of information already. Basically, the the overall, I want to make sure that everybody gets just slammed home that your two main jobs are lead generation and lead conversion. And I want you to track some of that time to see how much time per day you're actually spending on that activity. There's some tools to do that. The perfect week at a glance, color coding your schedule and making sure that you do a time study so you can see actually how much time is spent in which area while you're at work. So I think we might have some Q&A. I want to stop for uh, half a second here and get Katie to read any questions if we have any. Katie, how am I doing? Yes, we do have a question. It's from Kevin Rogers. He um, he wants to know, can you give us a tactic to help build our Friday call list? For sure. So, Kevin, he's a local guy in San Antonio. I love the guy. He's always asking me, chasing me as his mentor. I think he's doing really, really well. I think you guys need to reach out to your mentors more often. I think Kevin's going to blow up. He probably calls me once a week with questions, and I always answer them, so I'm so glad he's on the call. You guys need to take Kevin's direction and reach out to your mentors more often. So uh, I don't like cold calls. Technically, our theme day on Friday is cold call to get new business partners and new builders in our life. Um, I just don't really feel that comfortable doing it. So what I started doing, um, basically I went to an event, and I met somebody from Michigan. 
Uh, they, they were talking, they're a builder in town, they're new to town, and they had a Michigan accent, which is very, very hard to miss. And I walk up to her, and she works at a builder locally and just moved here. And I was like, are you from Michigan? She's like, well, yeah, I was. I grew up there, blah, blah, blah. And I started talking to her. I was like, well, I was born in Michigan. I was born in Marquette. She's like, no way. I went to Northern Michigan University, which is in Marquette. But I started talking to her about some uh, Midwestern stuff, card game called Euchre. Uh, start talking a little bit about Michigan. I say, hey, but I really grew up in Chicago, so I'm like diehard Bears fan, Cubs fan. She's like, no way. I, last 10 years I lived in Chicago. I'm a huge Cubs fan. I'm a huge Bears fan. So we're hitting it off, and there's like so much connection there. It's awesome. And she's like, hey, I'm really looking to partner with some realtors. I think that you'd be great. I mean, we get along so well. So I gave her card, and I'm just blown away. I'm like, wow, I'm glad I went to this event. It's fallen in my lap. There's a great quality match here. We're good. I go home from the event and I think the card ended up in my desk somewhere and I just never followed up again. Uh, about six months later, five or six months later, I end up pulling that card out of my desk and I'm like, Oh, the girl from Michigan that's from Chicago. And it's like such, I can't believe I didn't call her. So I call her up and I'm like, Hey, it's Patrick Conway. She's like, who? So I really dropped the ball and I was like, wow, I'm an idiot. I said, I wonder how many times that actually happens. So to help with my cold calling day, just because we're always interacting with people. Uh, just the other day, I went to lunch with somebody. They said, wow, I can't believe you don't know Tai Sheehan. He's a big-time attorney in town. Y'all are the same age. He went to Churchill High School. I can't believe you haven't. I, I can't believe you don't know him yet. So I got his name and number, put him on my target list. So basically, the tactic to help build my Friday list is just pay attention, be a card collector, be a name collector. And when there's a commonality or a triangle for trust relationship where somebody can refer you to a business partner or a builder, you write them down on your target list. And when Friday comes along, instead of grabbing the business journal or the phone book, I can pull up a target list with a little blurb. Hey, I met this person at the uh, event, and she's from Michigan, so I can call her up. And that would have happened on Friday if I had this system and tactic already in line. Or I can call up Ty Sheehan and say, oh, Bob Brock took me to lunch, said I need to know Ty. I can call Ty. Hey, Ty, I just went to lunch with Bob Brock. He told me to call you. There's a warm introduction there. So that is my tactic. Work off of a target list and be a card collector, put those names on a target list, and call them with a little bit of information. So it's a little bit of a warm-up call instead of a true cold call. So hopefully that answers your question. Katie, I got anything else? Yes, we have a couple more questions. Um, Jeff wants to know, what time would you recommend the power hour, and do you change it up each day and stick to that schedule every week? All right, this is a great question. So when we're talking about the perfect week at a glance, I'm going to be honest with you. We're realtors, and the problem with realtors is our schedule in life is dictated so much by our clients, our referral partners, and when I have my perfect week at a glance, I think it's important to shoot for that, but I'm going to be honest with you. I probably hit it about 10% of the time, so things move. Things change around, just like last week when I've got trying to figure out my stepdad's birthday present, trying to figure out how to help my buddy in the jail situation, unfortunately, trying to be there for my daughter on her new school stuff, which is important to me. You just can't lose sight of the most important. That's why we're labeling things green time. So for a long time, I said, hey, staff member that takes care of my calendar, make sure that there's a time block for power hour Monday through Friday in the calendar. So what she did, and she asked me the same question, what time do you think that would be good? And I said, you know what? I like knocking it out in the morning right after our team meeting. So let's do like 930 to 11. It's an hour and a half of time block. We'll just knock out all the calls. So it was a blanket time block in my calendar that was just there. Over time, as I started hiring more staff, getting busier, that blanket time block of a power hour that was just sitting in my calendar started getting overlapped, 
started getting overlooked and it was just something that was in the calendar that wasn't on purpose. So what I did, and I don't overthink it, is I take every day into account and wherever it makes sense to put that power hour in is where I do it. So sometimes it's in the morning, sometimes it's in the late morning, sometimes it's at the end of the day. I just want to make sure I get it done. I've taken that to another uh, level, which I'm going to talk about in a second, but the best way to accomplish all of the calls is to break it up a little bit. Um, sitting there for 90 minutes making calls is pretty pretty effective, but a more effective way is to have three 30-minute time periods throughout your calendar. The reason I say that is one 90-minute session, you can be dominating, you can be doing really well, but the odds of a distraction coming in for 90 minutes is pretty high. The odds of being able to avoid any distractions for 30 minutes is also very high. So we're always trying to avoid distractions. So my power hour now looks like three 30-minute time periods in my calendar every single day based on that specific day. And my goal and intent for that 30-minute time period is to have 10 outbound dials. So I'm dialing my phone outbound 10 times in that 30-minute time period based on the theme day. So hopefully that answers the question. Katie, I think I got another one in there, right? Yes, you have another one. Um, Could you explain again what exactly is blue time? Oh. You only get one explanation on that. Sorry. I'm just kidding. Blue time. I know it's sometimes confusing because it's like, what is blue time? What the heck is that? So blue time is where you're working on your business and not in your business. So when working in your business, listing appointment, referral appointment, filling up a greatness tracker, doing your green time, your prospecting. Now let's say you hear something really good on this call like, oh, I want to implement the three 30-minute time period calls. Well, how do you actually do that? In your calendar, you should have blue time where you're working on your business instead of in your business. So you're going to sit down with your person that runs your calendar, or if you're a team of one, you're going to sit down with yourself and say, okay, every single day I have a system where I'm going to make sure that I input my three 30-minute time periods into my calendar, and I'm going to print that calendar every day sitting on my desk, and I'm going to abide by it. So blue times where you're working on the business to implement new things instead of in the business doing actual real estate. So blue time is important, but I just want a little bit of it so we can keep getting better and better all the time. Hopefully that answers the question. Thank you, Patrick. I like all the questions. I encourage more. Keep them coming. I think that's it, right? Yep, that's it. Cool. When I'm talking about time blocking and what's most important and trying to get the time wasters away, I'm part of a Keller Williams office in San Antonio that has like 800 agents, and I always think it's funny when I walk through that office because I see the same old people in the bullpens, on their computers, on Yahoo, in their email, shopping. Uh, Some of them are on MLS searching for houses. And I never hear anybody on the phones. I never hear anybody prospect. And I hear just random. I mean, I just think there's so much time wasted. It's just unbelievable. And the goal that we're trying to accomplish is to get more done in less time and focus on money-making activities so we can take care of the things that are very important. Like, wow, you guys aren't going to be able to have kids. Well, I'm going to go sell a whole bunch of houses so I can make enough money to make sure that we do have kids. So that was really, really important and what was motivating me. So you need to find that motivating factor to make sure that you're doing those things all the time. So I told you that the basic is the power hour. I think an easy way to implement that is three 30-minute time periods per day. But ultimately, when we're doing that, we're really filling up a greatness tracker. If you are not on a greatness tracker, you're confused. The greatness tracker is the single best tool that we have in the core. It is the basic thing for outbound activity. You are a realtor, you're a salesperson. So you need outbound activity, you need to be selling all the time. So the greatness tracker, I need one printed out on my desk every single morning. That means you need one printed out on your desk every single Monday morning. 
that starts the week off right with the goal and the intent. Of course, you all know what a greatest tracker is. At the end of the week, I need to make sure that I have 15 face-to-faces, five break breads, 60 great phone call conversations, and 10 handwritten thank you notes. Very, very important stuff. A face-to-face for me, the best is a listing appointment, a buyer's consultation, showing a house, popping by one of my referral partners or builder's offices, saying hi to them. Um, Just a face-to-face interaction. A break bread is excellent. And it's a face-to-face, but you're sharing something. You're sharing a a meal of food. It could be a happy hour, a drink. It could be a coffee. It could be dinner. Something goes a little bit beyond that. Um, I just got done rereading the seven levels of communication. And a tactic to stack up appointments in that book is the realtor and the, the lender in that book meets a realtor at a restaurant. And as he's walking in, somebody's walking out. And then they have their appointment. As he's walking out, somebody else is walking in. So the lender in this book picked the restaurant. Everybody knew this individual lender. Over the top level of service, great place. And this lender was able to stack appointments on top of each other. So I think in your local marketplace close to your house or close to your office, you need to pick your go-to spot and stack some appointments and have them come to you, have business partners come to you. So that helps on the break breads. 60 conversations. I think people cheat this all the time. A great conversation isn't, hey, Patrick, your appraisal came in. We're going to close in two weeks. Congrats. Bye. That's just delivering some information. I think a great phone call conversation, one of five things happens. You enhance the relationship with a forward conversation. Family, occupation, recreation, dreams. You go deep. Ask questions. You're enhancing the relationship. If that happens, that's a great phone call conversation. Set an appointment. Set an appointment for anything. Great phone call conversation. Getting a lead, great phone call conversation. I think giving a lead is an excellent phone call conversation. Or if you ask for business, excellent phone call conversation. So you're enhancing your relationship, you're giving a lead, you're getting a lead, setting an appointment, or you're asking for business. If one of those five things happens, that's the great phone call conversation. So when we have our three 30-minute time periods per day based on the theme day, It's very easy to fill up our 60 great phone call conversations. With all that action, 15 face-to-faces, five break breads, 60 great phone call conversations, it's very easy to show some extreme gratitude for some of those appointments and some of those things that happened during the week. So I sit down with my thank you notes, and I write a really good thank you note and send it out to the people that really influenced my life that week. So what I do is I actually have thank you notes sitting right here on my desk. There's 10 of them, and there's a $100 bill underneath. And if I don't fill out the 10, my assistant gets to take that $100 bill. So that's a good tactic to make sure that you get your thank you notes done. In my first year of business, all I was was exposed to the core and all I focused on was a greatness tracker. And the weeks that I filled it up, leads were coming in and deals were happening. The weeks that I did not, I was wondering when the next deal was coming. So the most important thing when it comes to time is making sure that green time's there. You're filling up a greatness tracker. Like, your number one job every single day should be the three 30-minute time periods based on the theme day. Fill up the greatness tracker every single week, and every single day you go to work, the idea should be get one warm lead. Your job is not done unless you capture one warm lead. Warm leads convert at about 40%. You capture one warm lead every single day without fail, and you work five days a week, you'll have 22 warm leads in a month on average. 22 times 40%, 8.8 deals. Eight or nine deals a month. 
consistently if you do these little tactics and make sure that you're focused on the lead generating, the lead converting, the things that are making you the real deal money and not letting the time wasters distract you. That's what we're talking about. A long time ago when I was focused on greatness tracker, I'd have a good week, I'd have a bad week, I had a good week, I had a bad week because I didn't have employees, which we're going to talk about. It was hard for me to delegate because I had to do everything. So it was a little bit up and down, and sometimes I would cheat it, and sometimes I would think, oh, I, I prospected six or seven hours that week. So the time study, I want everyone to do that for a week to see what you're doing every 15-minute increment of time. So get that from your concierge. But a chess timer changed my life. I thought that I was on the phone prospecting, asking for business, enhancing our relationships, getting leads, setting appointments, going on listing appointments. So I'd say, oh, seven hours of prospecting that day. But when I used the chess timer and I turned it on when I was actually prospecting and I turned it off when I got off the phone and I wasn't, I was mistaken. I was probably doing about half the time where I thought I was prospecting. So I'd encourage everybody to get a chess timer for your three 30-minute time periods. When you're on the phone, you're hitting that timer. I'm prospecting. I'm making it happen. See how many hours we're actually prospecting. So greatness tracker is huge. It's one of the most basic tools that we have, and it's the best tool that we have. So I think we have another couple of questions coming in here. So I'm going to ask Katie to read those to me, please. Yes, we do. Oh. <laughs> you can read the comment too. Read the comment. I just want to just say that to everybody. Just say it to everybody. Uh, go Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's all I need. You see my W in the background on the video, I'm sure. Okay, next question. <laughs> Um, Zach wants to know, how often do you schedule blue time? Do you have blue time every day? That's a great question. I do not have blue time every day. Right now for me, um, on Mondays, I have a meeting that is focused on what we're going to do for this week and what we're going to accomplish. That meeting is about 15 minutes long. So I have a 15-minute period on Mondays. Uh, every Thursday on the off week, when I have my coaching call, I keep that same hour blocked in my calendar to work on the homework. So as your coach, as a level three student, or if you're um, in another level, you have the other student or you hear uh, another coach or you have um, something that you hear on the open line call, I think I would time block an hour per week to make sure that I'm working on that business. And then as you have staff members, they can start working on the business as well. So I have a 15-minute appointment with them. Uh, I also have a 30-minute appointment for Fridays to wrap up any projects that we're working on. So I have a 15-minute on Monday, an hour on Thursday on my off-week call, and I know Zach, he's one of my students, so I'm, I know he's got the off-week, so keep that uh, hour time block for blue time to work on your business and work on your projects and work on your homework that your coach gave you, and then 30 minutes wrap-up time on Friday to make sure you accomplished all those projects that you were working on. So it's not an everyday thing. I think it's just enough to make sure that you can keep implementing, changing, growing. If you're not changing. You're dying. If you're changing, you're growing and doing better. What else we got, girl? Um, Christopher says, please also define green and red time again and any other colors. What did I say? I said I'm only going to say it once. Listen. I'm just kidding. Green time is prospecting, lead generation, lead conversion. That's it. I want lots of green time. In a perfect world, when you're at work, if it was all green time, you're winning. Not really possible unless you have a big team. Red time is very important. All the things that need to get done, all the transactional details, all of the delivering of the communication, all the necessary things to get the deal to the finish line. Obviously, we just touched on blue time again. Um, for me, two of the most important would be gold time and white time. Gold time 
is anything outside of work that's really important to you. Because we are realtors, we can take a little bit of freedom. So I want to make sure that I'm working with intent to make sure that I can hang out with my family, make sure that I can play ball with my kids, make sure I can go to the ice cream social with my daughter, make sure I can go take the time to get my stepfather a really cool gift and rent him a car for the day. I mean, these are things that are really important to me. That's gold time. That's why I work so hard. If you're all green time and all red time and all work and you're not life balanced, you're confused and you have a horrible life. So gold time is very, very important. White time is space that we don't want too much of, but we need to have some because there's fires, there's time that things just need to be handled that are unforeseen. And that white time is a period of nothing going on, decompression, reflection, put out the fire. But if you have too much white time, that means you're not prospecting enough. Hopefully that answers it. What else I got? Um, do you have an orange time as well? Because we have a question orange about orange. Nope. <laughs> we got white. We got gold. We got blue. We got red. We got green. Okay. Um, can you give us a quick script for a Tuesday update? Um, Tuesday update call to guarantee one of the five requirements for a great phone call is met. Okay. So Tuesday status call, we talk about this and we talk about the fact that real estate's tough and the biggest complaint is lack of communication. So step one is just delivering a good update means that you're winning the ball game because most realtors will just panic and not even deliver any kind of status update at all. So when you first start doing this, it's a status update. But when you want to take it to the next level, you give them that status update. What I always do I know I think that was Kevin, right, who asked the question. So I'd say, hey, Kevin, I'm just letting you know the appraisal came in. Uh, the survey guys are going to be out there this week. And I talked to the lender, and everything's going very smooth. So we should be closed on August 19th. Uh, everything's targeting for that day. So, look, August 19th, I'm going to be unemployed because you're going to be closed. So I'm looking for more people like you. I just think that, Kevin, you've been one of my best clients of all time. I just wish every client was as smooth and cooperative as you did. Everything that I asked you to do to get your home sold, it was just such a pleasure working with you. I'm like sad that the 19th's coming, but I'm excited for your new house. But I really need a favor. Can you commit to sending me one person just like you who needs to buy or sell? That's how you elevate the calls on Tuesday. Hopefully that answers the question. I'll give it to you one more time because I know I talk fast. So, Kevin, you've been one of my all-time best clients. Everything's going smooth. The survey people are going to come out there next week. The appraisal was just done. We hit value. You're closing on the 19th. Man, the 19th, I'm going to be unemployed. I need somebody else just like you. But really, one of my favorite all-time clients, I just love working with you guys. If every single client was like you, I would love my job even more. But I really need your help. I'm trying to take my business to the next level. So do you know anybody else that wants to buy or sell? I would love to help them out and take great care of them like I've been taking care of you guys. So there you go. little scripting. What else we got? Really, Austin says, love your energy, Patrick. You're so inspirational. I keep getting interrupted during my green time, and my day gets away from me. What are your suggestions? My girl, Kimberly Austin, dragon slayer over here. Look, I can tell that you get a little distracted because you probably are having a tough time just staying to it, and you have a newer team, and all the team members want to come in. We're going to talk a little bit about team members and how to keep that going. But what I think would really, really help is the three 30-minute time periods because – easier to get distracted in a 90-minute period than a 30-minute period. So I want three 30-minute time periods. I want your door closed. I want your computer off. And I want your cell phone to be set to do not disturb. I want all your employees to say, hey, 
the greatest job security that you could ever have is to make sure you hold me accountable to make 10 outbound calls three times per day, every single day without fail. Three 30-minute time periods where I'm making 10 outbound calls. If you allow me to do that, we're going to be rocking it for a very long time. So help me do that. Keep me away from any distractions and make sure you're holding me accountable to make those calls because that's my number one job. And if I'm not doing my number one job, you can't do your job effectively. So you tell your staff how important it is. You shut your door. You have a sign, a stop sign on the outside of your door that says, Kimberly Austin's prospect and don't bother her. I think that's definitely the best way. And I'm going to give you a little bit more tactics that go to the next couple of bullet points. What else I got, girl? Janet Lee wants to know, in a break, Fred, do I have to ask for a lead or business, or can I count just enhancing a relationship? Like I said, I think, uh, Janet, um, just like a great phone call conversation, I think it depends on what stage of the relationship you're at. If it's a brand-new appointment and you're having a break bread with a potential business partner and you've never met with them before, uh, my style is relationship over the long term. So I'm just looking to build rapport, make sure there's a quality match. Now, what I have seen realtors do is I met with you. We've had a coffee appointment. You came to my house. You met my wife. We went to a Spurs game. I call you every single Monday, and we're six months into a relationship, and the person's never given me a deal, but there's a good quality match because I'm a knucklehead, and I never asked. So you can never go wrong with asking or telling the person what your intent is. So I think we need to do a better job of telling what the intent is. If I'm in a business relationship, I'm sitting down, I'd be like, wow, I'm giving you so much honor. You're an unbelievable business person. I think down the road as we get to know each other, I'd love to be business partners. Like I'd love to send you what you're looking for, and I would love for you to send me People that want to buy or sell homes, like that's what my intent is, but I would just love to get in this relationship to see if there's a quality match here. Like I think that's totally okay to do, and it's a soft way to ask. I used to take people to Spurs games. That's my thing. I love Spurs. I love sports. Love the Spurs. Take people to the game, and I would take all these potential referral partners to a game, and they would walk out of the game, and they would say, Patrick, wow, that was awesome. Thank you so much. <coughs> Excuse me. And I would just say, hey, thanks so much for coming. Idiotic. So now I take him to the Spurs game. We're walking out. Thanks so much for coming. Hey, you want to come to another game? You got to send me like two or three deals. I almost make it a little bit funny. And I make sure that I make sure that I know and they know what I'm looking for. So the book raving fans, know what you want, know what they want, and deliver that plus 1%. So rule number one, know what you want. Make sure people know what you want. So I think asking is where it's at. Hopefully that answers the question. What else I got? Kimberly Austin wants to know, what was the name of the book again? I mentioned the uh, Raving Fans book, which is excellent, but The Seven Levels of Communication is a great book. It's about uh, a lender and a realtor. It's really realtor-based. It's everything the core talks about. It's super endorsed by the core. It's a great book. Seven Levels of Communication. You definitely need to read that. Um, Holly wants to know, when is training time? Holly needs three 30-minute time periods per week for each one of her three employees at minimum. So Holly has a new team. She's got a lot of distractions. What she needs to do is make sure that she gives them ample time. So she needs like three 30-minute time periods for training probably every day that she's in the office right now. And obviously she's not in the office every day because she has some outside distractions going on, which is okay. The average, once in the first 90 days uh, you have an employee, they need 30 minutes of training period from you every single day for the first 90 days, minimum. After that, you need to be ongoing training all the time. So then moving forward, after the first 90 days of an initial employee, 
It's one 30-minute time period per week forever. So new employee, zero to 90 days, 30 minutes per employee per day. After 90 days, 30 minutes per week forever. What else I got? Abigail wants to know, I was a solo agent and recently hired my first assistant. How do I schedule time to train, and what do you recommend delegating first? We're going to get to team and what you delegate first. Uh, I'll touch on it real quick, and then I'll elaborate some more. Um, how do I schedule time to train? I just kind of answered that in the Holly thing. So the first 90 days, there has to be three. Uh, there has to be a 30-minute time period per day where you're training. The first thing that you're going to delegate when you first hire your assistant is the red time activity, which the most important red time activity to delegate would be the contract to close part of the job. So all the transactional details that get the buyer under contract or the listing on the market to the finish line at closing, all of those transactional details. What's really nice in the core with your concierge, you have my checklist and the other 12 coaches checklist of what our RP1s do in a very simplified checklist chronological order. So every day they know exactly what to do to move the checklist down, uh, to move the check down the list to get that deal to closing. And there, my motto in my office is deliver so much proactive communication on the contract to close side, the client never has to pick up the phone and call me. So 30 minutes per day, you and them, individual training time. For the first 90 days, after that, it can be 30 minutes a week. And the first person you hire is a contract to close. Contract to close all those details. What's the next question? Craig says, Patrick, pretend I'm a buyer who is asked to see a specific house, and they have a house to sell. Role play how you would get the max out of getting them both to buy the house and get you to list theirs. Cool, Greg. I'm so excited that you called me on this house. Now, look. Um, searching for a house is a big thing. It's probably the most expensive thing that you ever buy. So if you have that one specific house in mind, that's cool. We can go look at it. But really to deliver an excellent level of service, the first thing that I want to do with every single one of my potential buyers is meet with you face to face. So I can come to your house or apartment. We can meet at Starbucks or you can come to my office. And I just want to sit down for an hour and go through everything. Because if I don't have a clear painted picture about what it is that you're looking for, I can't do the best job possible. So I want to get all the expectations of what a rock star agent looks like to you, and I'm going to make sure I come through on that, especially since you referred to me. So can we set up an appointment at my office? Or uh, if we just want to go look at that house first, let's go check it out, but then let's come back to my office for a buyer's consultation. In that consultation, I'll walk them through 101 questions, starting with area and boundary roads, and do you belong to a specific church or a gym? What's the commute to work look like? Are school districts important to you? What does the neighborhood look like? Do you have amenities that you're looking for? Do you like a gated community, a non-gated community? What does your yard look like? What does the exterior of the house look like? How many bedrooms? How many bathrooms? What's in the kitchen? What are the color schemes? What is the floor? Is one dining area okay? Do you need two dining areas? I ask them all these questions, and I queue up my lender, and I say, hey, I know you're with security service, but i got to tell you, my guy Adam Hughes is the best guy that I've ever seen in my life. Like, I literally do my own personal loans with him. So all of my clients that do not use him, are regretful and don't close on time and it's not exactly the best situation. So I want to give you the best level of service. So I'm going to have Adam call you and get you all queued up for that pre-qualification letter. And here's where we're looking. Then I discuss price, where they're looking, and I get all of those uh, tactics and information and, and everything. And I say, hey, I got a clear painted picture about what it is that you're looking for. Throughout that discovery, I'll find out that they have a home to sell. And I'll say, great. Hey, if we sold your house and somebody came to us 
let's say you want 300,000 for your house. And somebody came to us and said, here's 305. Wouldn't that be great? Well, Greg, it wouldn't be great if they had a home to sell and it wasn't even on the market. As your listing agent, I probably would not even recommend you take that deal because I wouldn't want to miss out on the other potential people that were ready now. So let's set up another appointment at your house so we can discuss what that looks like and put the game plan together to make sure we're selling that. And at the same time, we'll be looking at properties. So I know it's always nervous. It's probably one of the most nervous things ever. Selling a house is horrible. Buying a house is really fun. We're going to do it at the same time. I got to tell you, I sell about 300 houses a year. So I'm going to walk you through every step of the way. At that appointment, I get them to sign an honor agreement that says they're working with me exclusively. And then I put a two referral form in front of them. As soon as they say, yes, you're, you're my agent, I'm going to say, hey, now I've got two jobs. One is to sell your house and find that new house, but my other job is to find people just like you. So throughout this process, I want to make sure that you can help me. I want to make sure that you're committed to giving me two names of other people that want to buy or sell. That was a lot in a short amount of time. So basically, I would try to wrap that person up and do a buyer's consultation formally in my office. Cool. Chris Shook, what's the question for Chris? So, um for great calls, first point is to enhance the relationship, then you want to get the lead, then give the lead. What's the last couple of steps? Five things happen. Enhance your relationship with the Ford conversation is correct. So you're talking family, occupation, recreation, dreams, goals. So if you enhance the relationship and go deep, that counts. If you get a lead, obviously that would count as a great uh, phone call conversation. If you give a lead, that would count as a great phone call conversation. If you ask for business, that's an excellent, great phone call conversation. And if you set an appointment, that is a excellent, great phone call conversation. So the two we misses were uh, setting an appointment or asking for business. Thanks, Patrick. That's all the questions that we have. Right on. All right. Time wasters, time suckers. It's just tough to figure out blue time, red time, green time, all these things when you're at the office and everybody has the intent to make sure that we're spending a lot of time in green time. And sometimes it just doesn't happen like it did for me last week. I let all these things stir up and I just got distracted. The number one thing that I can do every single day to keep me on task is the first thing every single day is a daily team meeting. So I have a large staff. I have 16 people. It's super important that I get in a meeting with these guys on Mondays, it's a big, huge pipeline meeting where we go through every single deal, and it's an hour-long meeting. The other ones are 15 minutes. It's what are the next five closings? What are the next five deals? What are the next five leads that are coming in? What are the big problems that are happening? What I do in this meeting is I have a to-do list, and I write all of the to-dos on the list. What I'm looking for are the things that are going to make me the most money or save me the most time. So I'll say that again. I want everyone working off of a to-do list. You write all those things down and you go through that list and figure out what's going to make you the most money or and or what's going to save you the most time. Everything else, I want to try to delegate to my team. Now, there's a lot of people on here that don't have a team. So as I just said, your first hire would be an RP1, a realtor partner one that takes care of the contract to close side to get some of that red time off of your plate so you can replace it with green time. But if you can't do that, you have to have a daily team meeting with yourself. You have to sit down and say, all right, I'm a team of one. I got a lot of stuff on my plate today. I want to try to stay in green time. Here's my printed daily calendar. I'm looking at everything. What do I really need to do? I need to make sure I'm staying in green time. When can I do that? Where are my three 30-minute time periods of green time? And do I have the tools available to me immediately to accomplish everything else? Because when it comes to the red time and I'm a sole practitioner, I want to get out, get it done. I want to get in, get it done, and get out as quickly as I possibly can. So I want to make sure the tools for success are there. If I have a closing, I want to make sure the gift's ready to go. Um, 
if I have some inspection stuff to go through, I want to make sure I have the inspection report printed out, recommendation from inspector. I want to make sure that I have all the tools ready to go packaged together. So when I get to that thing in my calendar, I can knock it out, get in, get it done and get out. So daily team meetings important. Even if you are a sole practitioner, one person team, you have a daily team meeting with yourself. Again, I want you working off a to-do list in these meetings and in the to-do list, I want you to figure out what makes you the most money or saves you the most time. And you personally do those things first. Everything else you're trying to delegate or you're setting yourself up for success to make sure you have the tools to get it in there, get it done, and get out as quickly as possible if it's not green time. Cool? So when it comes to daily team meeting with yourself, that's great. When it comes to employees, that's great. We've already hinted on one of those questions. It was, hey, hiring. In a perfect world, I said, if you go to work for eight hours and all eight hours was green time, you're winning. You're making a million bucks for sure, if not way more than that. So you hire when you consistently do three deals a month for three months in a row. You've got to have your first RP1. That RP1 is dedicated to the contract to close. We have contract to close checklists all the time so you don't have to recreate your wheel. So you can ask your concierge for a contract to close checklist to help going through that training process for them but they are responsible for that contract to close, all the details, um, all the transactional communication, so much proactive communication from them to your client and the other parties of the transaction that no one has to pick up the phone to call you. That's the philosophy of my office to make sure that they're assisting me to take excellent, great care of the client and all the parties on the transaction. So the first hire, three deals consistently a month. You hire your person, their contract to close. When you grow from there, which you definitely will grow because as soon as you hire that person, it frees up lots of red time, so much so that you don't even know. I mean, there's so much red time. When you do the time study, you're going to be shocked. So everybody do that time study. If you're a sole practitioner, you probably have lots of red time on there. So we hire this individual to take care of all those transactional details that take lots of time, but it's necessary. So as soon as we have that person and they're trained up, all of a sudden you have all of this green time. And the green time is where you're just banging the phones and seeing the people, and all of a sudden it's easier and more effective and more systematic to fill out the greatness tracker, and it's more consistent, and then you have more deals. So when you start getting to five or six deals a month consistently, you need another hire. The second hire is an RP1 that takes care of you. What I mean by that helps hold you accountable a little bit. They have your list in the details ready to go. They help print out your printed daily calendar. I am horrible at my schedule. I'll have an appointment on the northwest side of town from 2 to 3, and somebody will say, hey, can we meet at 3 o'clock on the northeast side of town? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I forget about driving time. I think I'm Superman and I can do everything. I definitely avoid white space. I need a little bit of white space because sometimes I overbook myself. So finally, after six years of being beat down by Kendra, I finally have a dedicated person that's in charge of my calendar, and it's changed my life. My whole staff and everybody used to make fun of me because I would run late to everything, and now I'm early to everything because I have somebody who controls that. So the next hire is somebody that controls your calendar, a gatekeeper. They're responsible for your lists. They're responsible for setting up events like your monthly happy hours or your big client parties. They're responsible for all of the things, and they're helping you stay accountable. So they're the ones that are, hey, do you have your three 30-minute times for the day? Did you accomplish them? Did you check off all the names on the list? So a very important person. Once you get to the next level, you can hire a third person, and that third person would be an RP2 showing assistant. A showing assistant is responsible for all the buyer leads that you have coming in, all the warm relational people. 
As I was telling Greg, we want to have a professional buyer's consultation in the office with that showing assistant right next to us. We're queuing them up for success to search for the houses, run around and be the glorified awesome taxi service. And once they identify the house, they're still your client. You're still negotiating the deal, but they're just taking the 30 hours of drive time and searching for the houses away from you. So, again, three deals a month consistently. You have an RP1. That is a contract to close. When you get to six deals a month, then you have a second RP1 that's taking care of you, your calendar, your events, your accountability with a list of people, making sure you're calling them. And then the third person would be an RP2 showing assistant to uh, leverage your sales activities with the buyer side, showing all those houses taking away the time so you can focus on listings and more lead generation and lead conversion. So remember, don't be scared of any questions. Katie, do I have anything? I just went over a whole bunch of stuff about hiring, RP1s, RP2 showing assistant. If you got any questions, write them in that uh, Q&A section and Katie will shout at me. Do we have anything? Um, Patrick, we don't have any questions right now. Well, you slackers. Ask some questions. All right, I'm going to the next thing. Type your questions in there, though. I want to see them. Interaction is always good. It is the most scary thing that I've ever done to hire people. I think um, my coaches in the core, one of the biggest things and the crazy growth that I've had was because I felt confident enough to hire somebody. So after having a team of 16 people, I just hired another showing assistant because it's working so well for me. Um, and I'm still nervous to hire that showing assistant. So every time I hire somebody, I'm nervous, I'm scared. And about two or three days after I hire that person, I'm like, oh, I should have done that a long time ago. So I know that there's lots of fear there. I think uh, getting beyond that fear and understanding that that person's going to come in, you're going to train them to do everything that's not the green time, you're going to train them to do all the red time things. Obviously, you'll gain more green time. You'll be able to leverage and fill out greatness trackers more easily, and you'll just explode with business. So if you are not at that level yet, I do recommend taking advantage of subcontractors. I don't like relying on this for a very long time. When you're up and coming and you're starting to get busy, but you're not consistent with the three deals a month yet, I want you to hire the marketing company to help you with something. I want you to hire the runner to go put that sign out and the lockbox out on the uh, house itself. I want you to hire the virtual transaction coordinator to help you out on some deals when you get a little busy so you can continue to do the green time to get to the three deals a month consistently. But I do not want you using the subcontractors when you get to those three deals a month consistently. I want you to bring in your own person, do it your own way, based on the book Raving Fans, to deliver an excellent level of service to everybody. So that's what it's all about on the subcontractors. Now I'm going to get a couple of just random tactics to keep those time wasters off of your calendar. Some of them we've talked about, but I think some questions popped up. So where am I at, Katie? We do have some questions. Um, Angela wants to know who is in charge of your marketing flyers, flash listings, etc. Cool. Who's in charge of my marketing flyers slash listings? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the person who's in charge of my marketing flyers and listings would be the second RP one that I hire. That's responsible for events. That's responsible for taking care of my life. So they have a little bit of design background. If I don't have that person in place, I can rely on my title companies or my lenders who have people in place to design a flyer for me. So I just would delegate that out for sure. Not doing that stuff myself. Cool. What else do I got? The next question is from Jeff. Um, does the core assist in finding an RP1? 
Yes, for sure. I think it's always good, especially if you have a one. When I first started hiring people, I am fortunate enough to have lots of really good students and really good coaches in my marketplace in San Antonio. Like I literally have the best realtor of all time and Dayton trader down the street. So I would literally ask them to interview my people. So if you have that situation going on, I would highly recommend that. Um, but at the same time, Rick in the core has a um, hiring service so they can go out there and recruit some people for you. Um, I haven't used them, but most of the coaches have. And uh, Rick's recruitment uh, services really play some unbelievable RP1. So get the information from your concierge if that's something you want to do. But I know they'll put a whole bunch of people in front of you and find a really good one. Cool. What else I got? We have a couple questions from Holly. Her first question is, do you have a training checklist for positions? Jim Bass does. It's the greatest of all time. Mine is a C minus in comparison to his, so get Jim's and use his. Okay. The second question is, do you have met- metrics of what to expect out of each employee, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, for an RP2, RP1? Uh, yes, I do. So RP2, showing assistance, um, they are responsible for a little prospecting on their own. They're responsible to convert enough leads, convert enough deals. So we measure that on a monthly basis. Um, for my RP1s, the metric there is the survey score. So every single client gets surveyed. Um, we ask them five questions on a scale of one to ten. Rate your communication uh, with the agent. Uh, so basically me. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, rate your communication with the team. So I want to know how the team is doing. Uh, and then on a scale of one to ten, how likely are you to refer us? So I want to see a 9 or 10 on those surveys, and that's me ranking really the RP1s. I want to make sure that those are 9s or 10s. And then I always ask them, hey, what's one thing that wowed you, and what's one thing we can do better? So those are the five questions I ask on a a survey. Uh, The other thing is just uh, CCRs. So I'm closing about 24 deals a month. Um, So based on that, uh, the minimum that we want to see is seven CCRs. So I rely a lot on the transactional details from the RP1s getting delivered to my clients to ask for those CCRs, which is a current client referral. So I'm measuring current client referrals, and that's uh, a really good indicator of how we are doing as a team. Somebody is currently in process with us, and they're referring us. We're probably doing a good job. So that's a really, really good um, measure, and I measure that on a monthly basis as well. And then, of course, closing on time with no surprises. That's always a good thing. Uh, this is unmeasurable, but again, I always say with my RP1s, it is the philosophy is there. The philosophy is have so much proactive communication that the phone's not ringing with inbound questions. So, of course, I can kind of measure that a little bit, but that's what we always talk about. So that helps as a measurement for RP1s. And I have quarterly reviews with every single employee. So I have a file on every single employee. Anytime they were written up for disciplinary action, anytime they did something really, really good, I have a file on it. Every quarter we pull it out. We see where they're going. as everyone will see if they end up attending the summit uh, in November, we go through goals and not only work goals, but Rick will walk everyone through the seven uh, areas of life and we set goals for my own team. So I'll review those on a quarterly basis as well, uh, just to make sure that uh, the metrics and the goals and what I'm expecting is happening. So I think a quarterly review of their performance is very, very important. Um, and I think just putting in some of those metrics, as I said before, and for those of you that don't know what the, the goals and the wheel of life is uh, in the seven areas of life. You'll learn that at the summit uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona on November 6th, 7th, and 8th. We have our semi-annual summit 
which in 2012, I got lucky enough to walk upon a summit and get exposed to that. And through that, I started working on the greatness tracker and got coached. And in my first year, I helped 43 families for about 10 million and just kept exploding from there. And uh, this year we'll do about 330 deals for about 100 million. So just unbelievable growth. And it all started at a summit for me. So get some details on the summit so you can learn all these things that we're talking about. It's a very, very good thing. Uh, I think it's three o'clock, but I think I got a couple more questions. I'll hang out and answer some of those. What do we got for me? I have a question from Janet Lee. Um, I have a file manager who does much of the contract to close detail. Will an RP1 be able to handle all the listings, marketing, and control my calendar and do most of the things a second RP1 should be doing? Three deals or less, yes. Four, five, six deals a month consistently, no. So you'll need two people. So if it's three deals or less, they should be able to handle all that stuff. As you start creeping to five or six a month, you need to have two people to split those jobs up. So we also, at your concierge, you'll have a uh, team flow chart that kind of at a glance will show you you at the top as a team leader, uh, your first hire as an RP1, what their responsibilities are, your second hire as an RP1. It's a flow chart of how it's going to work. So I'd recommend getting your hands on that, putting that up on the wall just so you can visualize it and see what they should be doing and how many employees you need. Okay. Anything else? That's it. Thanks, awesome. Patrick. Green time, lead generation, lead conversion. That's what it's all about. Uh, money doesn't make you a better person. It just makes you – it just makes things easier. So I just recommend following the systems, following the structure, take a leap of faith, go to the summit in November 6th, 7th, and 8th. That's where I started. It transformed my whole business. I literally tell everybody it's the reason that I have kids because if nobody told me some of this stuff and I didn't follow some of this stuff and I didn't have people beating on me to hold me accountable to make sure I got it done, I literally wouldn't have my knuckleheads. This is my motivation right there. All those little people. So hopefully I'll see you at the summit in November. Get with your concierge. Get some of that stuff. But remember to stay in green time. We'll see you later. Bye.